scripture is Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please, to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Thank you, Corey. As you noted, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6 today. That's going to be our core text. Last week, uh, we as the, talked about we are the church. Uh, we're not the only church, but we are part of the church. And, and we are being formed and reformed, developed as followers of Jesus. And we were reminded last week, if you heard the message that we serve a very patient and merciful God. And for that, I am thankful, and each one of you should be thankful too. But we also serve a just God. And we saw in Jeremiah 18 the patience of God, but also the justice of God, when God finally said, okay, well, your will be done, and these are the results. And you can go back and read from Jeremiah 18 and, and also 2 Kings uh, 25, uh, what happened and unfolded in that time. Now, just as uh, Corey read from Galatians, Galatians is a letter written, to, written by Paul to the church in southern Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. And he was addressing a problem. And if you read Galatians, you should read it with some oomph behind it because Paul is fired up as he's writing this letter. There is a very intense, almost angry tone to this letter. And what he's doing is he is addressing this problem that's there. Because Paul had visited the church. He had planted the church. He had grown the church. And now he's hearing stories about what is happening in the church. And he's upset. See, what Paul went and taught is salvation. Is that Jesus died on the cross. He atoned. He paid for our sins. And that is by the grace of God we are saved. This is the good news of what Jesus did. Not about humans earning salvation. Now this morning, in order for us to understand what the problem is, I need a volunteer. And Joe Eddy has volunteered to help me this morning. And so thank you, Joe, for being that willing volunteer who's just finding out about your volunteerism. Um, so everyone, let's say thank you to Joe for volunteering. All right, Joe, I have this for you. Uh, I need you to hold this. You can hold it like that. You can hold it below, however you want to hold it. Um, you just... Can't put it on the floor, all right? I mean, you're, you're good, right? You, you, you can do this for the next half an hour, right? 
Sure, okay, all right, good. All right, so what Paul was upset about is the Galatians had been living by the Torah, which Torah is life. Torah is the first five books of the Bible. It is a law. These are good things that God gave to the people to help them grow and come along. And what Paul did is he said, yes, you've been living by Torah, so um, you've been taught to obey the Sabbath, be circumcised, eat this, don't eat this, these 613 laws. And so there was a weightiness to Torah. There's some books in there. There's, it's weighty, right? A little bit. I was nice. I didn't like, completely pack it out. So yeah, <laughs> he appreciates that. That's good. And so this bag here represents the law. And the law, again, is good. Torah is life. This is a gift from God to the Israelites. But when Paul came along, Jesus had done something on the cross. Jesus said, I I didn't come to abolish the law to get rid of the law, but rather to fulfill it. And so Jesus came as the fulfillment of the law. This is the message in Galatians. And so he comes along, Paul comes along and says, hey, you've been living by this. That's great. You've been trying to honor God by this. But there's someone named Jesus who came. And he didn't abolish this, but he, he came to fulfill it. And his, his yoke is easy. And, and you can set that down next to you. So we're not getting rid of it, but you can set that down next to you. And there's this thing called grace and forgiveness and Jesus' atoning work. And it's a light reality. There's a lightness to this. So this is a message that Paul was sharing. And this is great, right? It's better than holding that. Yeah, a lot better. All right. So good. So Jesus came to, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so we see things that Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. This is not of yourself. So not anything that Joe did, not anything that I did, not anything that anyone else did. But it's a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Because Joe could sit up here and just gets really strong by this and, you know, and sure. <laughs> and it, it wouldn't be quite as big of a deal. But Jesus came and we're justified by Jesus' atoning work on the cross. It's like when God looks at Joe, he sees his sin. But when Jesus died on the cross, it's like looking, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, I'm representing Jesus here. God is looking through Jesus' atoning work on the cross and the righteousness is imputed upon Joe that Joe is now seen right before God. But this is what's happening. There's people there in the church who are saying, you know what, this grace thing that you're working in, it looks really good, feels really good, but you're actually sinning. You're not doing these things that the Torah said. And so these people who came, known as the Judaizers, came back and said, here, Joe, if you're really faithfully following God, you need to do that. Yeah, there's this Jesus. Yep, he died for us, but you need to do these things. That's how you follow God. And so Paul is really mad about this because he left the church unified. Jews and Gentiles, freedom over slavery, unified under the name of Jesus. And he hears about this and he writes this letter. And so Paul sends this letter to address this problem. And this is where we pick up today in Galatians 6. Do you want to stay here the rest of the message or and hold it? You do? You, okay. He's going to stay here. No, <laughs> Give Joe a round of applause. Thank you for his work. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. He probably would have stood there. He's that nice of a guy. So, so Galatians 6. As we look at the church, what is a church? Last week we talked about being a developing church together. This is about being a serving church. And so this is part of what Paul's getting at when he talks about the body of Christ here. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. What's the word? Gently. 
it is so much easier to verbally beat someone up than to build someone up. There is something within us called sin that when we look at a situation, it's easier just to go like, ah, and start talking negatively about someone. It's easier to beat someone up verbally than it is to build them up. And what we are to do, Paul is saying here, is brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit of God should restore that person gently. Now, Paul uses the word restore, and this is actually a medical term that he uses here. And it means to, like, mend a broken bone. So if I was standing up here, sorry for those of you that are queasy, and my arm was off to the side broken. Now, I have two options here. I'm like, no, I'm good. It's not broken. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's a little crooked. It hurts really bad. But I'm fine. At that point, I am denying any opportunity for restoration, any opportunity for healing that's going to happen. Or if it heals, it's going to be really a poor healing and cause me issues. So when it comes to restoration, to restore gently, first what needs to happen is, yes, my arm is broken. And yes, I need help. This is what Paul's getting at, is the restoration. When we know, when there's someone around us who has committed sin, that we are to be gentle in putting it back. Now, it may be painful in setting it back, but we are to be gentle in that healing process. But what is needed is confession that there's a problem there first. See, you can go at someone and say, you, 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 but the person, we as individuals, we need to be the ones confessing our sin. And then when we confess that sin, when we're honest about that sin, we as followers of Jesus are called to restore, to walk us alongside that person as they have confessed, they have repented of that sin. So we, in this time, we need to be aware of our own heart and mind. As someone is being restored, we need to be aware that we can be tempted too. Paul continues on by saying, watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So everyone is carrying a burden. Every person is carrying some level of a burden. Some sort of hardship or concern or weightiness or sadness or whatever it may be. Is it true? Are you carrying a burden of some sort this morning? I am. There's a heaviness. There's a concern that's there. And it says here, carry each other's burdens. We are not designed to carry our burdens alone, though. We see this here. We're to be intentional to serve one another and carry each other's burdens. So often when we think of service, we're like, well, we got to go out there to people out there and serve them. Yes, that's important. That's mission. But look around this room. There are people in this room right here who need burdens carried. At home, if you're watching at home, the same thing. If not in your own home, your neighbors. There's people all around us that need burdens carried. And so how do we do this? Or what is this? This is Important in verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we talked about law earlier with this bag, right? This law that was being shared. But what is the law of Christ? Well, in John 13, Jesus said this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what does love do? Love carries a burden. Love carries a burden. Verse 3, if anyone thinks they are something when they're not, back to Galatians 6, they deceive themselves. 
Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now I want to point out, because you can read this and you go like, wait a second. Paul just said to carry each other's burdens. And then now he's saying carry your own load. Hmm. How does this work out? Is this some sort of contradiction? Not at all. We all have a load to carry. This is our life. This is the realities around us. These are our responsibilities. These are the people that God has entrusted us with. These are the jobs, the school, whatever it may be. We have a load that we carry. But that doesn't mean that someone can't come alongside and help with some burdens in my life. What Paul is getting at is just saying like, okay, I have my load, but I don't want to be responsible for it. I don't want to do anything. I want everyone to serve me. That is not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying when you look around, everyone is carrying a load and they should be carrying their own load. But you need to see the burdens that they're carrying. What is that extra heaviness? What is this extra thing that is being carried along with them that you can step in and speak into, that you can walk alongside of them with? Paul says something in here that we need to be aware of pride and self-focus. Because something Paul is warning the church there is saying, hey, you can become really bitter. If you're carrying your load and it feels extra heavy and you feel like others should be carrying your burdens and they don't, or in your perception they don't, there's a bitterness and a pride that can grow up. It feels like bitterness and anger, but really what it is is it's pride and self-focus. I can't believe no one's here with me. I can't believe someone didn't see this. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And I've watched this again and again with people who have something happen to their life and they withdraw and they get really bitter because no one came and helped them. I've also watched the flip side of that. Is I've watched people have heaviness put on their life and instead of withdrawing and becoming bitter, they engage and they carry other people's burdens in the midst of their own burden. See, what happens and what Paul is getting at is that there is this engagement that we are healed when we step into other people's burdens, even with our own burdens. Because what I've watched happen around this church and around the community and around other places is that when people have engaged with their own burdens and they share what's going on, other people are like, hey, I want to jump in and help you with your burden. I didn't realize that was a burden you were carrying. I didn't realize how heavy that was. And it is this life on life, serving one another reality. This is what Paul is getting at here, is not to allow pride or thinking of yourself that you're something and you're comparing yourself here. He continues on by saying, nevertheless, verse 6, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So how are we sowing? Is it this bitterness and anger or the sin that we're just slowly doing? Someone, I heard someone say is that many of our pains and problems do not sneak up quickly. Rather, they creep up on us slowly. It's not always an immediate problem or pain that just pops out of nowhere. Rather, what happens often is we invest a little bit in the situation that's not honoring to God. This one. 
this one, this one. These little things, it's no big deal. This one, this one. Then all of a sudden we're like, oh no, what happened? And in the same way though, on the positive side, we're called to invest in positive godly ways in our life. Little bit at a time, little bit at a time, little bit at a time. This investing, this sowing. And then you look back, you're like, oh wow, this reaping of a harvest. It's done by the serving God and serving others. And we are called, in verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all believers, especially those who belong to the family of God. And I want to encourage you today is that if you are weary, do not give up. Whatever that strikes you as, whatever that weariness is in your life, do not give up. For Paul's saying there's a harvest that comes if we don't give up. Compassion fatigue has become a, a word that I hear often and you may hear often. And it's this term where we become numb to other people's suffering because we are so inundated with the sufferings of people around us in the world. And we try to help, but we just get tired. And we have this compassion fatigue, this burnout. What we start doing is we start avoiding situations. We stop volunteering. We stop serving. We stop doing whatever it is. We just turn a blind eye. I can't hear this anymore because we're tired. We're empty, but we're still trying to serve because we know what Paul says. Don't give up. There's a harvest that's coming. But I'm so tired. I'm so tired. So in our short remaining time before we spend some time in worship here at the end, I want to very briefly tell you, when I left for sabbatical, I was at that place of serving out of empty. I knew it, but I wasn't really honest about it. It was almost as compassion fatigue. It wasn't burnout, but I'd been taking negative withdrawals here, 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 here. And as a pastor friend very wisely said to me, Chris, you have, you're, just, you're empty. Your bank account is empty. Get it back to zero. That's your goal for sabbatical. Get it back to zero and then build in a positive way. And so for you today, maybe you feel like you're on empty. And maybe today or this week is a reset to get back to zero. Get that bank account spiritually to zero and then start to build in a positive way. Or maybe over the next week, this is it, or a month or whatever it may be. But I want to give you three short phrases from Scripture that we can build back into. First thing, three phrases, each supported here by Scripture, is first, let God fill you. First thing is, let God fill you. Psalm 81, verse 10, says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Just be available and open. Let God fill you. We can do all sorts of other things, exercise, eating well, relationships, money, different jobs, whatever it is, but let God fill us through prayer and through the word and through worship. Let God fill you. Open your mouth wide because God says he will fill you. So first we let God fill us. The second thing is we overflow. Think of a cup. It's open, pouring, just let it overflow. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You may feel like there's enemies, burdens, heaviness in your life. 
goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And what David is getting at here is the presence and power and provision and protection of God. God is enough and he has more than enough. His presence has no boundaries. His provision has no expiration. His protection cannot be overcome. His power has no equal. So we open ourselves to God saying, fill me. And then we just allow God to overflow out of us. Last thing, we serve from the overflow. Now I'm saying this in like five minutes. Don't expect to walk out of here in five minutes and be like, I'm open. Fill me. I'm now serving out of the overflow. That can happen. God's spirit can do a mighty work. But I want you to have real expectations going out of here of, of what is this? This took me a long time to really process through. From 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Here's the thing. We open ourselves to God. We allow God to overflow out of us. And then we serve out of that overflow. Who's doing the work here? It's God. It's the spirit of God working in you and through you. You make yourself available. That's what we've seen here. May the Lord make your love increase. It's the Lord's action. It's the Lord. So therefore we serve not out of our emptiness and our own power, but rather out of God's fullness and his overflow. See, Jesus said these words, and I love these words. He said in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me. You're making yourself available. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So again, your responsibility is going to the Lord. He's the one that gives rest. So let God fill you, overflow from the filling, and serve from that overflow. And as Paul said at the end of this part of Galatians chapter 6, Verse nine, he said, do not give up. Do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. Let's pray. Merciful Father, gracious God, that in this moment, I recognize that there are many in this space who are empty. Maybe empty spiritually, empty emotionally, empty physically, just empty. And may we start from this place of being honest before you, of saying, God, I'm empty. I've been trying to do it on my own. For those of us that know Jesus, that this would be a renewal here, a renewal of desire to walk after, a desire to serve, a fresh filling of your spirit, God. Open yourself up in this moment, if you're a follower of Jesus, to the spirit of God. Ask God to fill you. You're available. God, I'm available. Spirit of God, fill me.
Lord Jesus, as you fill us, may we be people who operate out of the overflow. And for those here who have never said yes to following Jesus, who have never confessed their sin before God, admitted that they were a sinner, that they've fallen short of the glory of God. It's not about working hard or doing everything right, but it's about this confession, this surrender. And you're far from God. That in this moment, in this moment, you would surrender your life. You would say yes to following Jesus, whether you're in the space or you're at home or wherever you're at. To God, you would say, I am a sinner. I've been doing things on my own. God, I recognize that I'm falling short. And Lord, I want a relationship with you. I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus, as he said, he was the way, the truth, and the life, and that he is the way to you, God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. And here today, I want to walk in that resurrection power, that resurrection reality, that empowerment of the Spirit. Spirit. And today is that day. Father, I thank you that you love us, you pursue us, that you're the one that wants to work in us and through us. Lord, that it's not a weighty burden, but rather a freeing reality that you do in and through us. So may we be a people who serve one another well out of the overflow of your spirit. Lord, as we worship you this morning, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we have the opportunity to love you.